getting the best out of LinkedIn. This is the Learning Podcast with Ennio Sung. Welcome to today's episode of The Learning with me, Emmy at Global.media. I go on about your LinkedIn profile a lot on this podcast series. Simple reasons because your profile is what everyone says about you. It's what determines what you look like and also affects how people want to treat your response to you. As much as I talk about profiles, I'm no expert in writing profiles. So today... I bring you a superstar of writing profiles, a true legend, Naomi Johnson, who runs the profile company. Hi, Naomi. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. And I'd say thank you for being here. You say, no, I, I, I really appreciate your time. So I'm sure my listeners will appreciate your inputs as well. A couple of episodes back, I looked at LinkedIn profile disasters. Mm-hmm. So with you, I'm hoping to sort of get a better idea of what a profile should look like. Okay. And so some pointers of what we should be doing and also how we can get help from you to make sure that we make the best of our profiles. Cool. Very happy to help. Let's have a chat and let's, let's see where we get to. All right. The first thing I know about you is that you've written a few books on LinkedIn profiles. That's what makes you a true legend. <laughs> so how many books have you got? I've actually written three books. Um, The first one is called Grassroots to Green Shoots, and it's about how I started up a coaching business in 2005 and went belly up two and a half years later and everything I learned from that. So there's lots of insights and warnings and different things in there. Then 2014, I wrote a book called What to Put on Your LinkedIn Profile, which has had a few editions since then. And it goes through each section of the LinkedIn profile and talks strategically through what you should put in each section and why. And then most recently, last year, I launched a book called The Expert Economy. It's, again, it is the LinkedIn strategy, but it's all the foundations of how to actually build your business and structure it. Because having written LinkedIn profiles, I interviewed people for the LinkedIn profiles for two years, 20 a week for two years, selling LinkedIn training to begin with. And then at a certain point, I said, right, I'm starting my own business now and I'm going to write people's LinkedIn profiles for them. And about six months into writing, I started to realize that the things I was saying and putting into place for people weren't things that they knew to do or didn't have the commitment to doing. So they couldn't actually follow through. But in order to make the profile work and actually get a return on investment, they really needed to do it. So then I started to really bring strategy in as well. And the way I look at it is LinkedIn is the bit of the iceberg that you can see above the water. And then a lot of LinkedIn consultants, marketing people can get involved once these things are in place. I actually don't go any further than the LinkedIn profile. All of my work is the stuff below the iceberg, which is how you structure the business to actually make LinkedIn work for you. And so that stuff around sorting out your packages, sorting out your pitch, why you're the expert, what is the value that you create, your sales appointments, how you, you structure those sales appointments so that people actually want to come to a sales appointment and nobody comes to a sales appointment. They come to a diagnostic or a a review. So how do we create that? And how do we create that in a compelling way that people want to come? Now, when you've answered all those questions succinctly, we can get that onto the LinkedIn profile and really pitch you in a succinct way that has your audience sit up and take notice. That is the, the gem of the LinkedIn profile. It can't just be slapped on there. It's got to be part of a strategy. It's got to be how the business is structured. And one thing I talk a lot about is um, having prospects coming to you pre-sold and ready to buy, which is exactly what happens in my business. When 
when you are time sensitive and you're an expert at what you do, you don't have the capacity or the overhead to actually pay a sales team to go out and do your sales and marketing for you because you just don't need that volume of business and it's all dependent on you delivering. So how can you hire somebody and pay that much money, even, you know, paying for premium or sales navigator, which for business people, sales navigator is the option, not premium. Um, even that, you know, it's costly. And if you're going to get a return on investment on, uh, I think it's like £70 now. Yeah. Um, if you get a return on investment on £70, you're looking at needing to bring in, well, 700 will be measly, wouldn't it? There'll be one mm. half a client or not even a client for most people. So you're looking at bringing in, needing to bring in about £7,000 a month in order to justify that £70, which most people, I don't know what their average monthly overhead would be, and not overhead, their revenue would be. But there are quicker and cheaper ways to do it. So with people who are in high-paying clients, you want 10 clients per month paying you 5000 There's the strategies to doing that that is cheaper than £70 a month. And then for most of us, we actually just need to take on two or three clients a month because of how involved we get. So to actually get two or three people involved working with you, why would you pay 70 quid? You're going to need to be doing a hell of a lot of mechanical, repetitive work yeah. within that to make that work. So... This is what I mean, right? We are time sensitive. We need the prospect to come to us already believing that we are the expert, already aware that they have a problem and needing a solution and believing that we are the right person they want to work with and then knowing how to get in contact with us and, and that what that first conversation is going to be. Nobody wants the hard sell. They run away from the hard sell. They don't want to get put in that awkward position. So that's why no obligation review or diagnostic or something gets that person to to take a step with you and you get to work with them so there's a hell of a lot in all of that that I really talk about in terms of how we actually structure all of that and it's important to note that depending on your type of business there's a huge there could be a huge percentage of people that don't know they have a problem and aren't looking for a solution yeah LinkedIn profiles people do know they have a problem looking for a solution but when it comes to some of the deeper stuff that I do, they, they're not aware. And I have to create awareness of that. Now, a lot of people have clients who they can see need them, but they don't know they have a problem and they aren't looking for a solution. They think that what they're living through and what's going on, it's just the status quo. It's how life is, isn't, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. isn't this just what, what I should be expecting? So they don't go looking for a solution. And LinkedIn makes it brilliant because we can interrupt their day and say, actually, you do have a problem. We can talk about the symptoms and have that person identify with it and go, oh, my goodness, that's me. And then want to start following, finding more. And if we are actually the person that starts that relationship, statistics actually show, research shows that 74% of people will actually stay and complete their journey with us, buy from us and get the solution with us. A lot of people, though, they do approach the profile from the position of my audience know they have a problem and are looking for a solution, which is where SEO comes in. Because with SEO, for example, if my tap is burst and it's throwing up water everywhere, I know Google Plumber. But actually in our businesses, when we've got problems going on, our clients have got problems going on, they don't know the words or the, the, the string of words that will actually produce the Google result capable of giving them a solution. A, because they don't know to look, and B, they're just not educated enough about their problem and the di- and to diagnose it. And so therefore, we have to think about all of these things when we're putting a profile together. Where does the majority of our audience sit? Are they aware they have a problem or not? Yeah. Um, 
And yes, there, there's just so many. I'm just aware. Yeah, clear, clearly, you know, clearly, there are. You know, so I love your, I love your enthusiasm. You know, I'm, I'm more, I'm more impressed that your, your books are very weighty. You know, they, they're decent sized books. You know, it's not yeah. a pamphlet or a few pages. You know, it's a, a proper book. Is, uh, this is 322 pages. So. And then um, it's got some pullouts and colour. Yeah, and, and it's, not, it's not all drawings and pictures of, of LinkedIn screenshots. So, you know, look, I, I, I suppose you know, there is, you know, one of the things I picked up from what you just said, that there's, there's a difference between the experts and the newbies, you know, the wannabes, you know, call them that. You know, as, as an expert, obviously, you know, that you know, it's not just doing a task. It's understanding business on a deeper level and then making sure everything sort of works together. Whereas I suppose you know, the newbie just does a task whether that's yeah I, I think it's an interesting perspective there because what I call the expert economy and the gig economy hmm. I don't think in the expert economy there are any newbies there are just people coming out of paid employment now going independent they are absolutely not newbies they're excellent at what they do they're the top of their fields hmm. now what they are new in is marketing strategy for their own business and if they don't balance that carefully within six months, because of the, the extreme pace of industry at the moment, they will no longer be an expert in their industry. And in fact, they'll be re-bent out of shape because they'll be doing so much marketing that isn't natural to them, isn't their expertise, isn't anything they know. They they won't be doing the thing that they were born to actually do, that, that, you know, that subject matter that they're so enthusiastic about. They jump out of bed and do all day long. And when you've started a business often we we invest in all these courses of marketing and we learn all this stuff not realizing that the person we're learning from is actually someone who jumps out of bed to do marketing and so their strategies work because they jump out of bed going oh marketing 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 great but actually myself and the people I work with are like oh my god I don't want to do marketing I just want to do my subject Mm. um so yeah people can get really bent out of shape so there aren't actually newbies in the expert economy. There's just experts who are declining in value because they're outside their industry. What I, I, would I, I, I suppose, like, look, it's, it's the, the marketing is a weird world because anyone can be a marketer tomorrow, right? You can yeah. change your profile to a marketer. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, you're a marketer. You can write a couple of blogs and suddenly you are a thought leader. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, one of my, it's one of my pet peeves in life. You know, yeah. but so clearly we're not all the same. You know, there's a difference between the person who charges £200 to write a profile and what you do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In in this, yeah, absolutely. Like, I yeah, if you're going to come, if you want to say newbie or expert in relation to ex- LinkedIn profiles, the, the variety now, I mean, I was actually the first person to actually harp on about LinkedIn profiles, the first person to write a book about it, the first person to start a company in it. And then over time, I've just seen like, you know, now Fiverr's got a whole section of people on there. Yeah. And I've actually had some conversations with them and shown them some of my profiles. And they're like, well, I would change this and I would change that. But what they're actually doing is they're, they're looking at it from a perspective of what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? What is this about me? But actually, you have to stand in a very different position. You have to stand in the audience point of view. You have to stand there as the reader of that profile saying, why? Why do I care about this? So on LinkedIn, it, one of the most fundamental things to recognize is that nobody cares about you until you become relevant to them. You are a distraction to their day. Unless you met a networking event and that person's come to your profile specifically to meet you, they have landed on your profile as an absolute distraction. And the only question they're asking is, 
is this relevant to me? Is this a good use of time? Should I be here or shall I go? They will feel that the whole way through anything they look at. I'm not saying read at this point. I say look at because they're still deciding whether they want to even read it. So you are an absolute distraction to them. So how are you going to like interrupt their day and get their attention? Now, there are three strategies on LinkedIn. You've got your proactive, your active and your passive. Your proactive is sending inbox messages and yeah. saying, hey, I see this. Do you want to, you know, like when you're going up, proactively going after a prospect and that person, the first thing they're going to do when they see that message is either go, oh, you're spamming me with messages and pitching me before you built a relationship. Or if they are, you manage to actually get them mildly interested, they're going to come to your profile and they're in that frame of mind. Do I care? Do I not care? When it comes to the active strategy, that is what you're posting on LinkedIn and status updates and also the clever things you're saying in comments on other people's status updates. And then obviously when you're saying things on other people, they'll see that's a clever thing to say and they'll see that first bit of headline in that comment and get curious. So it brings people to your profile. So now we've got their attention and they fit into different categories. So I always talk about your profile should be written for 100% of your audience. Audience is not prospects. Audience is your first degree and second degree network. So everybody you're connected with and everybody they're connected with. Now, they're not your ideal audience, but they are people who are connected to your ideal audience. And if you can speak in a way that brings what you do to life by talking about symptoms and problems and drawing people in, they'll go, oh, oh, that's what you do. Oh, that's interesting. Not for me. And they'll go. So your non-ideal prospect will leave. But if you can leave them with information like, oh, right, okay, the next time that conversation comes up anywhere, they will, what we want them to do is to go, oh, I know something about this and repeat what was the first paragraph in your about section. Oh, yeah. Because it creates awareness. Now, that person may go, and you should speak to this person. So I have people refer me all the time that I actually do not know. Um, I've never heard of them. That's a good thing. That's a, that's a brilliant thing. That means no, you are building relationships. And because I've, I've, I've given them something in that opening paragraph that allows them to remember, go, oh, right, yeah, okay, and remember me. So your subject comes up, your information gets passed, and then they may remember your name or they may not. But if they don't remember your name, it doesn't really matter because I never, for example, saw that a mini came with the, the opening doors on the back. And I saw one and then I saw them everywhere. And I mean everywhere. It's exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. As soon as someone comes aware of a solution or a problem or a way of defining something, they start seeing it everywhere. So it's not actually the algorithm that's suddenly producing your profile in front of this ideal person. It's actually their eyes that are now open. And of yeah. course, you probably are a first degree or second degree connection to the one who read it and said it originally. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be in their feed. So now they go, oh, actually, I will look at that. Yeah, that's why we speak to 100% of the audience, because we never know when that magic is going to happen. And then we speak to the prospects. Now, inside of the group of prospects, we've got people who are either know they have a problem and are looking for a solution. So they go, oh, thank goodness. Here's somebody who can offer this. Now, those are difficult, actually, to have because they often are price comparing and they're they're looking at you and three other people. So we need to break through that and create the relationship where that rapport is to the point where, oh, my gosh, I really want to work with this person. So I'll just give you an idea. Before Christmas, I had a very large corporate reach out to me and say, could you do some profiles for a global business unit of ours? And I said, "Okay, let's have a conversation. 
And then I said, well, actually, I'm not free until the 12th of January. Got a big project on. And they're like, oh, well, okay, I guess we can wait. And then I didn't put the proposal in because I wasn't really sure I wanted the job. So I didn't put the proposal in. And about the, uh, the 9th of January, I got this message through saying, oh, by the way, you've got the job can we speak on the 12th? Because that's when you said you were free. And I was like, oh, yeah, right then. So I spoke to her and it turned out that this marketing manager had actually written the proposal for me and submitted it to her directors because she, she really wanted it to be me that worked for them. Um, so where did that come from? It came from the half an hour conversation I had with her where I demonstrated what I knew and how that applied to her. But it also came off of the reputational background of what the impression was when she looked at my profile and then went through her journey with my other content and how that stood out. So it's about understanding that nobody's interested in you until you become relevant to them. Um, that you've got to interrupt that pattern. So I was just saying there are three different prospects. Those who know they have a problem looking for a solution, that was definitely where she sat because her bosses had told her, go find this person. Then you have people who know they have a problem but don't know a solution exists. They don't know that actually people are out there who will write your LinkedIn profile for you or whatever your service is, which has changed dramatically now because now we know that they do. People do do this. And then you have those who don't know they have a problem and aren't looking for a solution. So they just written, well, actually, I won't use me myself as an example anymore, but, you know, they just living with the status quo, whatever the problem is in terms, let's say in, I want to say advertising because of what you do, but then it's too close to what I do. Um, in terms of an example, it won't work any better. Um, <laughs> say HR, for example, yeah, you, yeah. you've got a, st- a staff turnover of 60% per year. The overheads of that and the disruption to business continuity is extreme. Yeah, it's huge. And, and a lot of people, especially in the recruitment industry, they actually live with that as a number, that mm. that's actually the norm. That's just, we just build it into the cost, the fact, cost factors. And they will live with it until you tell them, well, actually, here's a company. They have a 10, exactly the same as you, and they have 10% turnover of staff per year. And these are the things that they're doing differently. What? Oh my gosh. Now the industry norm has changed. Now we have to do something about it. Now we have to work for this and actually get that 10% for ourselves. And then it's then the question asks, well, how does this happen? And that's where the relationship with your expert actually begins. Yeah. Then you've got people, so we've got time limitations. They're not really listening. You've got to interrupt that. And then we've got objections. Yeah, but that won't work for me. Yeah, but what about that? And who are you anyway? What have you done? And so we actually have to answer these objections before they've even been thought of. And that's what we're getting into the profile. The other interesting thing about the profile is this reporting that people do. I do this and this is how I do it. Sometimes that can translate to talking about the company in the experience section. The worst I've seen is when people talk about the function of their job. I push in, I send out invoices, I talk to prospects. No, we don't actually want to know what you do is the job job. Here, what is actually really important? So I've read the profile. I've become interested. I see a solution existed to something I didn't really realize I needed. But now I'm like, actually, wow, I need this. My next question is going to be, yes, but what would working with you look like? Now, if you leave that just hanging in the air and I have to send you a connection message and it takes you three days to get back to me, I don't know what I'm going to talk about to you in a message three days later. There's not a connection there. And then I'm like, well, I have to speak to you on the phone. So then we get on the phone and the first time I hear what your packages are are on the phone, I've got a lot of deciding to do in that phone call. I can't do that in half an hour to make that decision. So do you know what? I'm just going to 
I'm going to think about it. And that's why we get the objection, I'm going to think about it, which I never get, interestingly. And that would be why, because it's so shockingly new. So then also what you've done then is you've created awareness, you positioned yourself as an expert, and now the radar is on for them to find other experts, right? So now, oh, could you do this for me? Could you do that for me? So now we've got five people potentially able to solve that problem for us, which actually only one is being specific about it. The other guys go, yeah, 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 of course we can do that for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the connection isn't the same. Mm. So then what we've got is this awareness, which is wide open with anybody able to come into that person's filter to be able to solve it, which again just causes more open-ended kind of stuff. So what we do on the experience section is we actually outline the packages that we offer. So we need to be really clear in the opening paragraph. This is exactly what the company does. And this is exactly how we help. And then we want to outline the biggest package that we offer. So the person goes, oh, wow, that's comprehensive. Oh, I could really see myself doing that. I'd love it. And then they go, oh, but I bet it's expensive. And oh, I don't I don't know you, actually. That's That's a big step. Mm. I can't say yes to that. So then we do the product for prospects, which is a, a paid-for product, but it's smaller. Maybe it's a paid-for diagnostic that gives you a 500-page report or something, you know, like really in-depth. And they go, oh, I could see myself doing that and getting a full diagnostic and seeing the way forward with potential then to upgrade. Oh, I could see that happening. Oh, but again, I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know if this is exactly the problem I have. I don't know if this solution is quite right. So they take a step back again. But they're still reading. So then we offer them the free review diagnostic, at which point they go, ah, yes, that's the easy first step. I could do that. I just have a conversation. No risk, I guess. No risk, really. And you're having an exploratory conversation. You're going to get an expert to define for you, is the problem I think I have actually the problem I have? And when we do this right as experts, we're consulting. Mm. Yes, you do have this uh, this problem and I can help you. Or you kind of have this problem, but actually you've got to solve these issues first. So can I recommend you go to this other expert or do this first? Or do you know what? You just And I say this to people all the time. I say, you've got bigger problems here. I can't write your LinkedIn profile for you because there's more decisions to be made and you won't get a return on investment. Now, when you do that to pe- for people, they trust you. They refer you to other people. And when they're ready, they'll come back to you. I actually do help people to find those and answer those problems first as well anyway. So that's great. So sometimes you can build that into your product that you actually help them get to the point where they're ready for your core product. Yeah. So there's a, a huge amount that really goes into this. And I'm just trying to re- trace back what I was actually just saying. Remember now, I remember no, for really it. Point. So when you outline your packages in that way, and then you have that person go, oh, I can have an appointment. And then they book it in your diary and it's on Thursday and this is automated software, right? So we're not going back and forth and losing their attention. They go, oh, yeah, I'll book an appointment. Oh, Thursday at four o'clock. Great. Now what's happening between Friday at 12 when they booked it and Thursday at four o'clock, they're thinking about that problem. They're thinking about that solution. They're evaluating how you do it. They're getting excited for how you're doing it or thinking, yeah, I'm not sure actually if I want it quite that way and figuring out how they might be able to ask you to do it slightly different. But they're figuring out me and you, what would this look like? So all that decision-making is already happening, which means by the time they come into that conversation with you, they've already come overcome a lot of their internal kind of decision-making and objections and concerns that it comes down to a simple chemistry check. 
So we have a conversation, we get on, we can see that we could work together. I get to ask you all of my concerns. And I'm in that final 10% of decision making. By that point, I like you. You've said the right things to me. Yes, I want to buy. So then at the end of that half an hour diagnostic, you the expert pitches their solution. Would you like me to tell you about how I can help? Yeah, yeah, please. And they go, yes, because they're not hearing it for the first time. Hmm. So when we're time sensitive in our business, look at the amount we've just saved. We've just got a sales call concluded in half an hour. Not, We don't need to do lots and lots of follow-up and chasing people. We've developed um, complete rapport and trust with people that that conversation has been complete, that we don't even have to follow up. Like if we did follow up, it would almost be rude because didn't we decide that this wasn't the right thing? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you don't have to do the follow-up. You don't have to... Um, go back and forth with the email system because the email is already in place to say this is when the, the appointment's going to be. And then with those packages, we don't have to write individual proposals because the package is really clear and we can get really, really good. I call those packages transformational packages. They take a person from where they are now to where they need to get to. There's a process. I am the expert. There's a five-step journey. Let me take you through the five steps. You'll see quite a lot of people structuring their business in this way now because those five steps become yours, your process, your steps. And the more you take people through those steps, the more assets you can create around it, worksheets, video help, um, all these different things you can do. And you get better and better at it from an experience level and you can bend and flex for that client because every situation is different and different things will throw up. In, in the, you know different situations will throw up for them that you are actually now building out a process and I think of it like a little tree that every time you'd go around this process with a client the tree gets thicker and thicker and before you know it you've got a consultancy business with an oak a big fat oak trunk that cannot be blown over in stormy weather so you get better and better it's all time saving okay, and you know this I, I, is why I talk about the foundations of the business because yeah. once those foundations are in place all of it is represented on the profile and all of it then has the potential to work for you. And then I say to people like, you've, you've got it all sorted now, you're brilliant. Now, only now, is it worth getting someone to write status updates for you and manage your social media if you want to? Like a piece of marketing to attract some views. Yeah, um, or doing an inbox campaign, yeah. a proactive campaign, which I do and don't agree with depending on where you're up to in that structure because it breaks rapport and... And also, as we were saying earlier on, LinkedIn don't like it because then they start to reduce the number of connections you get per day. Yeah. So, and actually, you don't even necessarily have to go down that path unless you are scaling up. Mm. Um, and some of my clients, they, they, they do have staff and they do intend on scaling up. So they do get to that point. But for the expert entrepreneur, where my little sweet point is, they never have to because their name comes up in all the right conversations, business flows to them naturally. I actually say that you don't have to even do sales and marketing. Because actually, that's so out of whack for their career and with their training, they, they don't even know how to do it. But actually, when they're studying to remain an expert, so I say 70% of your time should be billing, 20% yeah. of your time should be studying to remain an expert, and 10% of your time should be moving all the pieces around. And this 20% of studying, where, where, where tell me where in all of that the sales and marketing is, is actually in the, the, the 20%. Because half of that is reading. Mm. reading blogs and things like that which you can then disseminate yourself into your own status updates writing your own blogs which is the best way to learn that's why they make you write essays at university 
So your reading and learning comes out in the written form for blogs and status updates. So natural because you're doing something you love doing right there in your topic. And then the other side is research. If you were to speak to 10 people in your industry every single month about what is going on for them right now, what are the challenges they're facing and how is it all these things manifesting? You are becoming an expert in your client's problems. You've got your ears to the ground. You know exactly how the industry is moving. Well, that's your 10 sales calls. It's just we don't have to say they're a sales call because we're not selling, we're consulting and we're helping and being a trusted advisor. So then the whole thing just becomes really, really natural. (laughs) I love how you paint the picture, I really do. There's a question I always want to ask. Is there the ideal pro, the perfect profile, the ideal profile for, for everyone? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think some of the variants where people will say, oh, it doesn't work for me is probably like the freelancer or, you know, who has lots of different projects, lots of different clients, and they feel the need to actually like list every single one on their LinkedIn profile. I had that for a client recently and I just had to wipe away loads of it because it could all be clumped together really easily. Um, so then that, that's why I'd normally get an objection for someone where they wouldn't even start a conversation with me because they're like, oh, it, it's different for me. I do all these piecemeal projects, da, 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 da. And I try to get their attention if they aren't, if they're open to it. The answer actually is, and it is, I guess, the ideal profile. What is the problem that you stand for? And why are you the expert at that? Why should a problem be solved your way? So even if you are a freelancer, you are saying graphic design should be this way or this is what I stand for. And when you stand for something, your prospect goes, brilliant, that is just the energy I need in my business. I want that. Mm -hmm. So they'll actually stand, you know, the copywriter who really thinks about brand voice and the importance of brand voice. And this is what I believe in, think about it. And this is why I do X, Y, Z for my clients. And they have many clients. They might do 15 assignments per week. So that it does make LinkedIn very hard if they're going to list them all. But actually, they don't list them all. They just say what their philosophy is, their approach. And then they they go through, again, these packages of how I can help. And then the prospect goes, got it. There's 15 copywriters I could choose from. But this is a project about brand voice. And I trust this person to do it better than anybody else because look at what they have to say about it and I totally agree and actually I learned something from what they've written that I hadn't got before so now I can totally trust them to do a good job so as much about being succinct as in being comprehensive I guess and I not too long but say the right things yeah it's all about that perspective it's all about educating the audience giving them something to work with you know something that awakens them to the extent of their problem the the impact of not taking a chance right now and actually fixing it you know we're talking about getting people to invest in a solution here so how do we get them to go from not knowing they even had a problem round to i'm going to invest and i'm eager to invest i can't wait for that appointment with this expert who's going to help me do you know what i mean and all of that down from a profile it's not about word stuffing at all it's about creating a picture creating a bringing people to that awareness of the problem, educating them on the importance of different aspects within that and doing it as clearly and succinctly as possible. Because like I said, people are looking at the profile going, shall I stay or shall I go? Is this irrelevant to my day or a distraction to my day? See, this takes me nicely to the the picture thing. You know, the photo is another question I always have, I always wonder about. Mm -hmm. 
you know, again, does your photo matter? Oh, yeah. Or your profile? Oh, absolutely. Go on, tell me more. If I showed up at a networking event and I didn't have, well, I don't think anyone puts their picture up with a greasy hair, do they? Um, But um, if I show, if I had a pint of, I wouldn't, but like, it's more. um, I've seen it, by I've seen seen that, by the way. Since someone's networking meeting, drinking beer in bed, it's like online networking. Yeah, exactly. So a picture speaks a thousand words, right? So one day I had a person, a client, reach out to me and said, this person's just reached out for a job with me. I can't believe he would actually put um, this up as his profile picture. And what he was doing was he was literally cut out around his head and he was holding a a beer and he had a a yellow cord, right, which we can go, okay, that's the lanyard. So what I realised just looking at this picture, he thinks it's business related because he's wearing a lanyard He's at a conference, right? It's a business conference. So he'll put that up on a profile. So the picture tells us a huge amount. But when we're going in to make our first impression, how do we really want to come about? If I want to be really casual, end of the exhibition, end of a conference, chilling out, I'm just that bloke, you know, that you want to have good fun with, then that profile picture may just work. But the employer didn't want that, so he didn't like it. So the the profile picture really really says a lot if it's too sexy it's like that's not appropriate for business if it's a wedding photo it's like try harder come on because you're not going to show up at a networking event in an in your wedding dress or your wedding at suit right and I, to- I had men i don't know that's my that's probably, that's my pet peeve in profile pictures wedding pictures i just don't understand why you've got to think of it like i'm attending a networking event because you are when I'm at a networking event and I'm talking to people and I look across the room and I go, oh, there's a new person I haven't seen before, I instantly decide, do I want to speak to that person? Do I not? It's a 30, it's, yeah. it's like three seconds, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm open to it because I'm at a networking event and LinkedIn is exactly the same. I'm on LinkedIn to network, so I'm, I'm open. Compared to Facebook, which I would compare to going to center parks where it's still a nice professional group of people but they're there with their family and their dogs and they may want to be approached or they may not want to be approached. And actually, if you approach them, you talk, start talking about business, you alienate them because they're like, dude, I'm with my family. Like, give me a break. Um, you can't follow up with me about this, that proposal you sent here. That's Facebook, right? Center Parks, Facebook. And for those who are not in the UK, that's just a holiday park. And so with LinkedIn, LinkedIn is the networking event. I am allowed to speak to you about business. I am allowed to follow up about a proposal on a Friday afternoon. We are here to talk about business. And in fact, if you show me pictures of your dog and your cat and your kids, I might start wondering what the hell you're doing. So when I'm at a networking event, I want to behave exactly the same on LinkedIn. I look across the room, I see a picture, your picture. Do I want to approach? Do I not approach? That is LinkedIn profile, me looking across the, the room. Yeah. Then I walk over to you and I go, hi, I'm Naomi. What's your name? That's your name on the profile. What do you do? Oh, I do. We, we just do one line, right? We don't go into lengthy. We just go, oh, I help people do X, Y, Z. So that is your headline. Now, it's not an exact because actually what you say and what you write are two different things, but it's the same principle. It's a quick snapshot. Oh, I get it. And then you say, oh, tell me more about that. So we only have five minutes, if not less, a networking event before the next person comes over. But we will actually have a very relational kind of conversation. And you will say, I, and I think, and I believe, and I do this, and I've been doing it for this many years. 
So hint one, always write in the first person because the about section is replicating that conversation. We also want to bring people into our world and have them feel like they're in our world. So I've seen firsthand in my experience, I believe are really, really key things to be saying. So we want to be really succinct in that about section and we want to think about it in terms of how do I replicate that wonderful five minutes of conversation where we made a real connection? How can I make that same connection on LinkedIn? And that's that's the juice. Then yeah. I go, I don't need this product, but I like this person. And, I, and I'll remember this and I'll bring it up in conversation. I'll remember the topic and the principles you've taught me. Step one, great. Or I might go so far as I actually do remember your name and can tell somebody else, oh, you want to speak too. That's an extra tick. But if you have got the ideal prospect on your profile, they should be going, oh, this is great. Oh, my goodness. This is brilliant. How can I work with you? And you need to answer that straight away in the experience section. Ah, great. Now, how do I make a first step with you? Because I ain't going to suddenly part with 10 grand. So, like, how do I get to know you? How do I know that you're right for me and this is actually the problem I have? Oh, thank goodness. I can have a 30-minute no-obligation conversation and you're going to signpost me. And I don't need to worry about it. I'll be afraid of it because I know what your packages are and I'm considering them between now and then. And it's just going to be, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah, just well, that's why when they're ready to buy, they know where to turn. Ultimately, that's, mm-hmm. that's one, of the, one of the things that you can achieve, obviously, you know, with a decent profile. Yeah. And again, then, one mm-hmm. of my questions is, does your profile make a difference to your bottom line? Absolutely. Go on, tell me how. Because you will be working extra, extra hard. So I meet you at a networking event. I think, mm, yeah, I quite like him. I, I need I need some marketing and PR. I quite like him. I'll go and find out some more about him. Then I come to your profile, but I really don't get why you're an expert. And I really don't get how you could be doing this. And I go, mm, he's only been doing it for three years. There's a lot of objections and questions coming up that are breaking rapport constantly. Yeah. But then I'm gone and I am not referring you to anybody else and you're not standing out to me. But when you can say to me, like the person who puts in touch does Google ads and he's only been doing it for three years. So mm, it's been around for a long time. So is he an expert? Well, actually, he's working with seven people who've been in this for two decades. Mm-hmm. So and he's just bringing it together and the communication piece between the two and why he can do that is because of all these years of experience in communicating technology things and strategizing. And I'm like, wow, now I get it. So we need to overcome objections. I've only been doing this for a short time. What is actually like some of these subjects, PR, marketing, advertising, they're so wide open define for me whether I am actually your ideal prospect. Because if I reach out to you and say, can you help me? My budget's 500 pounds a month. And you're like, I work with corporates and I charge a minimum of 4,000 pounds a month. Again, we've just broken rapport. I've used up your time. And time is the most precious commodity we have. So the more we can systemize and process our business that only the right clients come in, that they come in educated already, the better. I'll give you an example. Um, years ago, there was a new piece of technology coming out. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I reached out to this guy and I said, look, I've looked at your LinkedIn profile. This is a really hot topic. 
but your profile's not really working for you. And he goes, oh, my profile's working for me brilliantly. I get 50 inquiries per day. I've just had to ramp up my sales team. We've taken on five new guys to like deal with all the inquiries. And I said, yeah, that's really great. But if your prospect is coming in, like there's 100% of a buying decision that someone needs to make making. And in his thing, it's a bit more fast consumer. So probably about 80% of a decision could be made online before you have to get into the specifics of the size and shape I need for my business. And will this work for my product? It was something like home cinemas or something like that. And then it needs to go into specification. Now, if you're getting people coming in at the, oh, that sounds like a nice idea. They're only 20% of the way there. And then you have to nurture them in that conversation all the way up to 100%. But no one's actually going to take that step that day. That's a salesperson taking up a lot of time. You also have got all these inquiries coming in that you're now hiring for when the query is not ever going to transfer into a buying decision. So if he had actually answered the questions on his profile, not question answer, but in a very succinct way, the way the sentence, the paragraph is put together, ah, you will sell this to me, but I am the ideal client for you. Ah, I can get what that is. And oh, I should consider that before. Mm, Yeah, okay. So, and it's just in the space provided, right, on LinkedIn, then you actually reduce the number of inquiries coming in, but you actually massively increase your conversion rate and can do it with less people on a lower overhead. I mean, this is why I offer LinkedIn profile and strategy reviews, because there's just so much to it. Yeah, your point just now basically goes back to what you said right from the beginning, which is right for all your connections, not just your, your prospects, not just those that make an inquiry. Because yeah. unless you write for all of them, then you know, they can't become prospects. They can't become potential customers. Yeah, I mean, I had a client once that I wrote a LinkedIn profile for, and it was really starting at that creating awareness. He had a new technology that solved an HR problem, a really big HR problem, and he had this great solution for it. And so we wrote from that perspective, hey, look, if you don't train your people, and if they don't know these, these are the consequences, these are the statistics, this is what's going on, and this is what I'm offering. A while later, maybe a year later, I went back to his LinkedIn profile, and he still had a brilliantly written profile, but now the profile was pitching the product, and this is how it does it, and this is what it's doing. And I was like, yeah, but now you're assuming that everybody coming to your profile, A, wants to buy it, which they don't, Mm -hmm. because most of your audience are not your ideal prospects, yeah. You're turning off your audience because they instantly go, I don't need that product. I'm not going to read. And you're also assuming that that person is in a buying mode, that I need that solution. When actually a lot of people need awakening to the fact that they ha- need that solution. Yeah. And so you're so far the other end of just talking to people on the pinnacle of investing who are actively looking. You're alienating everybody else and you're still not going to get that person to step over because you haven't explained all the problems and nuances that make them go, oh, yeah, I get that. I need that. Oh, I should... Because also the person looking, especially in the corporate sense, the person looking may not be the buyer. So a lot of people sent to do the research is actually someone lower in the organization. And they have to gather all the information and then pitch to their boss. I found these three solutions. These are the goods, the bads, and da 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 The more you can equip that person to say, here's three solutions. They offer this, this, and this one does this, and this one does this. But what we need to consider is, and then they educate and say, we need to be looking at this first because this actually happens. This is a knock-on effect, da 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 You've just managed to get that person doing the sales on your behalf. 
they feel great. The boss feels great. They can, that person's going to get promoted for being so sensible. And they're speaking on our behalf internally as to why it has to be done that way. So then the manager looks at it and he goes, this looks really good. Let me do my checking out now. So he'll come to your LinkedIn profile and it all makes sense. It starts off with him at the beginning of that buying cycle of creating awareness. And he goes, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And this is all succinct and I get it. He'll go, yep, just call that person and get them to do the job, which is exactly what happened with this corporate um, New Year that I mentioned. So, oh, there's just so many things. I can you know, it, it's, what, it's what we all need. I mean, until today, you want to be talking to the organ grinder, not the monkey, ideally. And if your brother can do that for you, then it's worth looking at and investing your time and effort in really seriously. Yeah. That's, like, you've given us a lot of good pointers. I mean, if you've missed most of it, then please listen to the podcast again. That's all I'll say to you. You know, so from how to structure, you know, your services all the way to how you position yourself to you know, how much to write and your picture and your photo. Mm-hmm. See, the one thing that sort of I, I pick up about people on LinkedIn is that essentially we're networkers. Yeah. You know, unless you're actually into the net networking mentality, yeah. networking mentality, then almost LinkedIn can't work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, as I say clearly now, you've got a you know, networking mentality. And, you know, even more than that, you've got to network yourself. Tell me about it. it. Well, the juice of networking, the juice of LinkedIn happens when you mix it with real life networking. And now with so much online networking, we are sorted. We can connect at the same time (laughs) as talking to people. And that's when LinkedIn really starts to get much more active. When I go quiet because I'm working on projects for a long time, not much happens. Then I go networking, get it all kicks off again and all the leads start coming in again. So, Yeah. yeah. But yeah, all of these strategies, everything I've said about is all, all the strategy stuff is in the book, The Expert Economy. And when it comes to the profile and what to actually write and how to write on the profile, I actually provide that entirely for free on my website. So if people want to go to the profile.company as the whole URL, those exact words, the profile.company on there, they will see um, an outline of a LinkedIn profile and each section it says read more read more and they can go through that and actually just read what to put in each section of the profile on there and then for the strategy um is the expert economy the book um which people can download from the experteconomy.co.uk there are also some podcast episodes that people can listen to as well on there so yeah it's all there i mean all of this is exactly how i help people if they need help amazing genuinely amazing um look i'm, I'm- you haven't mentioned your network, the, the, the network you actually run in in, in, a, in a physical sense. Yeah, and um, actually I haven't mentioned that anyone listening is very welcome to also book a LinkedIn profile and strategy session with me. It's half an hour. It's via Zoom. And they just need to go to the profile.company and then follow the links through to apply for a LinkedIn profile review. Um, I'm very happy to do that for any of your listeners. And then the networking runs every two weeks on a Friday lunchtime at 12.30. It's Friday lunchtime because we want to give that feel of going down the pub with your colleagues on the weekend, uh, just before the weekend, because actually we are, you know, forget the pandemic and working from home. When you work for yourself, you don't have colleagues, you don't have a Christmas party, you have nowhere to go. And we go to the networking events and we have to... uh, put our game face on, appear like we've got it all together, show no vulnerability. But actually the people we need to be the most vulnerable with are those that can help us the most because they're in the same boat as us. So our values at this networking, it's 90 minutes. It's uh, be real, create space, come and service. So be, be real self, be vulnerable, say how it is, 
create space for others to feel the way they feel and allow yourself to feel how you feel because it's a big vulnerable journey you're on um, and come in service is in hey I can point you in the right direction here I've got something I can share with you and you know you take that as far as you want until you say actually no now pay for my advice <laughs> um, so yeah it's a, and we have a guest speaker all the content is designed around how we structure our businesses um, and how we're growing as entrepreneurs and actually getting the business in that we need rather than, you know, just we have three breakout sessions. So you get plenty of time to talk. We try to get our guest speaker to set a task for us in those uh, breakout sessions so that we can get some real learning. Yeah. And that's uh, every fortnight on a Friday. So that would be you need to go to www.theexperteconomy.co.uk forward slash Friday networking. Um, it's actually a really international group. We've got regulars from Canada, from America, from Denmark, all over. It's just a wonderful international community. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds good. I mean, I'll be at the next one. You know, um, and I'll, I'll put all the links in my blog and on my write-ups for this podcast for this episode. Brilliant. So people will see and then, you know, come along. Look, yeah. you're a true superstar, and I, I love anyone who's passionate about what they do. And you, have, you, know, you, you, you turn to what we think is a small subject into I don't know, it, it, one of the biggest things there ever it could be, I guess. You know. Well, you did say like, like ten to twenty minutes, and I said, "Be careful." You said, "Oh, it doesn't matter," but minutes. I said, "Be careful." Like it's, it's not three hours yet. And I I literally could write a book about it. Oh wait, I did. Yeah, oh, you have. <laughs> so, give us those books again, so we know where to go and look. Yeah, sure. So theexperteconomy.co.uk is the website for the book, The Expert Economy. You can get a physical copy from the shop. So you just put forward slash shop or you can actually just um, download the digital version for free. And that you can navigate to that from theexperteconomy.co.uk. And then also if you go to yeah, the shop, both of these are in the shop. They're also on Amazon. Uh, all these books are on Amazon. The LinkedIn profile, what's putting a LinkedIn profile. But do you know what? With that one, I'm just going to say go to the website because it's, I keep that one up to date as much as possible. Um, whereas the book, I do need to do a new edition, but I think I'll just keep it on the website now, to be fair. Um, and then if you want to grassroots degree in shoots, which is six fundamental principles to help early stage business owners prepare the ground for steady growth. Um, everything I learned, just going crazy, like making every mistake in the book possible. And writing a book about it so then I would have made every mistake in the book wouldn't I? <laughs> that's a good way of achieving it <laughs> I love how you've got everything down on paper as well it is, it is brilliant it really is look you know, you're a superstar so I'm great, so grateful for your time in case you missed it you've been listening to me Enya Global.media and Naomi Johnson at the profile company Thank you. Uh, so great to be with you. So if you miss anything, uh, listen to the podcast again. Otherwise, check out Naomi's links. You know, check out the books. Check out the network. You know, and download the free, get the free book and the free guys that she's got, and book a review. You know, you should book a free review. Why not? You know, what, what, what do you have to lose? Cool. Uh, nice from that, I say, please, you know, like, follow, share, do what you do with my podcast, so you can get the next episode when it comes out. Naomi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I'm sure I'll, I'll invite you again sometime soon. Brilliant. This Thank is you. a bigger top, topic than I thought it was. But you <laughs> yeah. take care. Take care. Okay, bye. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Learning Podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast to stay ahead of your competition on LinkedIn and head to global.media.com to find out more.